0: I have globally muted every alert noise on this computer and yet Discord's alerts not only do not go to the rest of the audio for Discord, which goes through my voice meter, which sends the audio to my headphones, Discord's alerts still play while muted and play through my computer speakers, which, though not unplugged, are deselected in my audio control panel And in voice meter. It's really special. I'm stunned. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't. I can't believe it's the end of the year. I can't believe it's the beginning of the year. What is it? It's the beginning of the year. It's the end of the year. Hello. Welcome to episode three hundred eighty-six of We Were Gamers, a podcast about the Intel i three eighty-six processor, discontinued in two two thousand seven. <laughs> uh, that's why we were gamers. Uh, we're, we're professionals, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the. The benefits of thirty-two bit microprocessing uh and uh, transistor numbers, and how this really uh, changed the industry. Although the socket was very small compared to modern standards, uh, the i three eighty
1: six is a is a he- heater man, a
0: classic, always has been. <laughs> I think one of it's one of the original x eighty six chips. I think you would be right. I think I think there was the
1: two eighty six, but it was very early. Yeah
0: we are still stuck with the remnants of what that thing did to software <laughs> to this day i don't know why my brain was like i think three 386 is like an important processor i don't know why i remembered it but i did i think it is it was one
1: of the the very most popular ones for sure yeah and then you know the 486 and its
0: variants before you eventually get to the pentium years later yeah i don't know This this is one of those we were gamers moments for sure. Uh Welcome back where we found ourselves. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Just the getting to the age where things pop into your head now, like Oh yeah, I remember that. You know? Uh Welcome back. We had a nice little break. There was a podcast about Star Trek. There was a podcast about Diablo uh michael and i played dungeon encounters in there somewhere it's been a nice little winter nap so to speak as we pick back up the new year welcome to january but uh it's kind of time to look back in multiple multiple veins first a 37 year record you guys oh i did see this yeah. this is cool shout outs we gotta we gotta mention it up front right like if as long as we're looking backwards. What is he, 13? 13 year old? 13. Managed to uh, kill screen the original NES Tetris? NES Tetris, not Game Boy Tetris, to be clear.
1: Yeah, it's something that uh, the NES version specifically had never been done outside of an emulator, and people weren't sure that it was humanly possible.
0: It is, even though your hands will apparently go numb playing Tetris for 38 minutes straight. I mean, that part makes obvious and perfect sense. absolutely. (laughs) They might not on a modern controller set up with a little bit more ergonomic controlling and uh, the ability to, like, move buttons to different places for your hand. You might be able to not get uh, tendinitis, you know? I don't know, Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. The
1: amount of, like, speed and precision required to do that. Like, if you guys seen any of the videos of it, it's wild. He's, like playing tetris faster than i can think about tetris
2: yeah yeah it's it's all it's all unconscious at that point like his brain recognizes the pieces and his hands move without any like conscious thought
0: there there's a yeah, ability there's no time to, for strategy well there's also the ability to unfocus your eyes and see multiple things at once yes no he's in the flow state for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i made a list you guys I don't uh, know this will come up later actually. But we're back and we have an obligation to continue a series that started in 2018 with episode 136 of Things of the Year. Are you are you ready? It's time to look back again. Uh 2018, I picked the switch. JJ I have a big star absent here. And Michael picked Into the Breach. So we did a really great job sending that thing off in perfect We Were Gamer style, not having the whole crew. <laughs> Ooh, go us. Sounds like yeah. Us. 2019 Disney Plus it was my JJ Bloodstained uh, stolen from Michael. Michael was linked Between Worlds. Uh, 20. Oh, we did a Things of the Decade special in there somewhere. 188. Uh, I picked game monetization. JJ, you picked Souls and Meat Boy. Difficulty, basically. And Michael picked mobile games and the Marvel NCU. 2020, uh, I picked the Halo MCC instead of Game Pass. JJ picked his RPG list. There was a lot of them. And Michael, the 2020 story. 2021. Uh, That's a big story. Yeah. See, this is why we look back. This is the look back. 2021. Where's my
2: sequel, John?
0: <laughs> uh, the Right Tools was mine, a.k.a. the Elite Controller. JJ, Prestige TV on streaming, and Michael, Horizon Zero Dawn. Michael's the only one really holding the steady line of actual games here. Uh, In Michael- true We
1: Were Gamers fashion,
0: none of us are staying true <laughs> to anything. Uh, Andy... Uh, 2022 it's okay to let things go because I had a really good year 2022 of finally beginning to uh, understand myself a little bit and things to let go of uh, as well as games you know Uh, you know you don't have to play them all the way through if you don't like them the JJ the real remakes finally and uh, Michael the new normal hybrid work sports indoors Uh, Michael how do you think that one aged
2: uh i mean it's (laughs) true yeah some of it's coming back around unfortunately
0: i think most of them aged pretty well i gotta say uh yeah mobile games have died a little bit harder than we thought they might have uh monetization is worse than i predict predicted yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah that's where we're at that's where we're at. So, and keeping this tradition, Michael last year picked a number between one and three. JJ, pick a number between one and three.
1: Uh, Okay, uh, I'll pick the number two. Two? It was two. You get to go first, JJ. This works out uh, because <laughs> I think it's possible I will have the most directed and, like, bite-sized thing oh. this year. We're okay. starting it off flight. I like it. Yeah, because I'm going to pick a moment. I had one moment in a game this year that was really just encapsulated not only the feeling of this game, but also. Why, like why I felt that this game was so special and was just like one of my all time great moments in a video game experience. Really? Ooh, so, okay. I, so I have to set the stage a little bit, though, and it's going to require a little bit of the spoilering. Sorry. But we got to talk about what happened in order to properly set the stage here. So as I want to talk about the game Baldur's Gate 3, which oh, no, no one should be surprised that I enjoyed quite a lot. All
0: right. Well, I'll uh, be back know. in a half hour since this is spoilers.
1: <laughs> um, it really is. Uh, it, w- Yes, it is spoilers, but it really is, you know, a something that i don't think should ruin or uh, also based on what i know about how this game goes you may never experience this (laughs) oh no different ways things can go um that you may never run into this series of events that i'm going to describe okay uh so in the course of adventuring sometimes you sign a contract with the devil you know and we're not talking, like, <laughs> a figu- a figurative devil. Literally, are, we, yes. are we, like, an adventuring in anime? No. Uh, this is a, uh, a, an actual devil from the hells, which are a physical place. Okay. And uh, devils have, you know, like in, you know, fairy tale, they have you sign contracts for, you know, your soul or other various things. And uh, they will give you things in in exchange for that, right? And you think you get exactly what you want, and then it turns out that actually the Monkey paw. Exactly, right? That's how that stuff always works. And so I went into this contract thinking immediately, like, I'm just going to double-cross this guy. (laughs) I'm just not (laughs) going (laughs) to uphold my end, right? Like, I'm just going to do... He's going to give me what I want. I'm not going to do anything that he wants. And then I'm going to screw him over later. Uh, And it turns out that you can't always just do that to a literal devil. Uh, (laughs) You mean it's not Diablo 4, huh? No, it's a little more, uh, you know, there are more rules, I
0: guess. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, more reality, you're not just the hero that's going to win or the hero that's going to lose, right? Diablo has that moment with Mephesto towards the end of Diablo 4. And it's like, look, clearly we all know what's going to happen here because we're the hero and we're going to double cross the bad guy yeah uh
1: you know who knows how that plays out in the end right but similarly uh, to that that was my thinking going into this um my party uh was not super happy with me for signing a contract with an actual real devil uh and you can imagine for various good reasons including some of people who had done this in the past and it didn't turn out well for uh but obviously i know best right yeah <laughs> uh And so later, when the chance presents itself to break into the home of this devil, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal that contract back and tear it up and then
0: no obligations, right? I love that the game allows this option and that if you just don't do any of this, it's something you'll never experience. Absolutely. You could just like go through
1: the game and then, you know, I I suppose do the thing that the devil wanted and then you would be able to do something else at the end. I have no idea what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm like, so I'm, I, you know, we break into the devil's house, uh, named the house of hope. And, uh, I, you know, going around, uh, you know, stealing all the various not nailed down items as you do in an RPG. Sure. Yeah. Well, you got to yeah, loot the yeah, house. Let's hear amulet here, or, you know, whatever you got, steal it all. Um, and I find a prisoner named Hope locked up in the basement.
0: Oh, the House of Hope. Of Hope. <laughs> was,
1: yeah. In a surprising move, the devil stole the house <laughs> from Hope. Oh, maybe it was uh, a contract. Locked. It could be, right? Who knows? Um. So I decide, all right, I'm going to go find my contract, steal it, come back, break this person out, and then escape, Right. And I have a pretty good sense that, like, I'm going to take this contract and stuff is going to go bad immediately, right? Because that's, sure. that's the video game thing. It's never that easy. Right. And so it does, right? I I find the contract. It's in, like, a, you know, guarded location. I break in. I steal it. Immediately, everything goes hostile. You know, combat starts. You know, a person pops in. It's like, you really screwed up. I let you choose. This is your fault. You'll see how this happens. Poof, Right. Okay, and so now I'm basically in like a mad dash from where that is to where Hope's prison cell is. I get in there, you have to use mag- magical MacGuffins to break her out of her chains because they're magic. Uh, Fight a bunch of enemies there, fight my way back out of that prison cell and towards where the exit is. You know, we've now covered like many turns of my players running at full speed every turn. All like giant flaming boulders Chasing me all kinds of traps Tons of (laughs) monsters and enemies right I get to the exit I'm like all right Finally we are here And I'm going to ask you guys To click play on this song right now As you open the door
0: Okay Oh You just get it straight up singing Okay Uh
1: oh
2: it doesn't sound like it's going to go well <laughs> this, is, this is ominous Before Wait, so This is Hope, the character, is singing Oh no Oh, she betrayed us? No
0: Oh She's very pessimistic throughout this whole thing She's been tortured I for see. millennia So we're all going to die We're all going to die And uh, Who be? Who appears
1: uh, Right in devil. front of our party now but the person who's going to come in here in a moment.
2: <laughs>
0: hell, hell, hell has its laws. <laughs> hell, effect and the cause, curtain falls. But hold your applause. Is this Mark Hamill? Squirm. For now, down here, come the claw.
1: Uh, no, this is the voice actor for this character. Who's the character? What's the character's name? Uh, the character's name is Raphael. Uh, the actor is a person who has never sung before. This is the first he's never even performed in a musical. Okay. Really? you have fought brave brave but it's all been for naught true souls that couldn't be bought doomed detected and caught no more grace it's over
2: this house of hope you <laughs>
0: So, are you fighting during all this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fade this out here, I guess. Yeah. So, it, it's a good uh, are are you fight? Are you fighting during all that? So, or yes, you, is it a get into you get into
1: a discussion. Uh, <laughs> a conversation happens as you open that door. The devil himself, Raphael, appears.
0: You he sounds a lot him. like Mark Hamill, by the way. Uh, It's not. I've seen an interview with the actor. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's what he sounds like. And uh, he has a...
1: This actor is half of the reason this song is so good. The character has this Disney villain ass persona, right? Like, you can hear it in the song. (laughs) He sounds like Gaston a little bit. Totally. He's vamping. He is, like, theatrical, emotional, and just, like you know, laying it all out there, letting you know how you've played into his little hand. And now the claws are coming down to squish you like the bug you are. Right. Mm -hmm. He is so good. And you finish that conversation and it always leads to a fight. There's no way out. Like you, you literally did everything to double cross impossible. He is not happy with you. Okay. And then the fight starts, right? You go into the combat interface and this song is playing in the background. Like, it's just one of the songs that plays while you're fighting the fight. He's singing in the battle if you zoom in. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's that's funny. If you you silence him, his track drops out. It is so cool and so well done. The whole fight is, like, super hard. Obviously, you're fighting the devil in his own literal home. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of cool mechanics specifically unique to it. And he summons a bunch of helpers, as you might expect a devil to do. Um, you know, devils don't like to do their own dirty work, right? Mm, uh, it I've heard is, that. Yeah. Uh, it is so cool. And is the whole experience of, you know, running through the house, escaping, freeing hope, getting out to the end and, you know, going through that combat encounter and then, you know, eventually winning and escaping was by far the coolest thing I've experienced in games in a super long time. And I loved it so much. I I, I can't stop listening to this song. Uh, <laughs> I really love just this whole process. And that's why it's my thing of the year this year.
0: It's nice to not be able to set something down and it not come from like a need to finish it or, or it just comes from like a genuine reliving of a moment you know like i remember do you remember listening to like soundtracks a lot i don't know that we do that much anymore although the spider-man recent spider-man soundtracks are pretty good but like there used to be the like lord of the rings score in my car all the time right yeah just because some of the moments in there were so iconic and haven't really been recreated recently in film the composer for baldur's gate
1: 3 did an unbelievable job. I've listened to a bunch of the other music from it and it's like mm-hmm. really good. Obviously it also all plays during the game as well. But I like this one, like the fact that they were like, okay, we're going to have the devil sing you a song. Like what an inspired idea.
0: Well, <laughs> right? well like, but just getting to that point. So that's what I, what I was working to is like getting to a point where that thing is so important and so memorable is a work before the work, right? Like, yeah, it's cool. It oh, yeah. gave you the little touch of silencing the track and that's really smart and fun, but like the work before the work. Yeah.
1: And you know, the, uh, obviously it's not as impactful for you guys as it was for me because you didn't have the 40, 80 hours before the first couple of acts when I was dealing with this guy who'd been popping up along the whole adventure. Right.
0: hmm.
1: You know, he, obviously you can never trust the devil that guy is like literally the name <laughs> right uh but they do have rules they have to follow that's the whole contract thing right right um yes, yes. and so you you want to believe they're going to deal fairly with you but obviously that's why they're devils <laughs> is that they're not going to <laughs> and i just so don't know just why i hope is, like, sounds it's a so cool sad I mean, he's been torturing her for millennium. So I think it, you oh. probably would be pretty upset about it. And it kind of given up.
0: Yeah, I um, do. I do understand now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, but it's such a cool you know, thing. And, you know, and if you bring hope through it alive, uh, she has stuff to say. If she dies and you win, there's different things that get said, um, you know, because I <laughs> I had to fight this fight so many times because I kept dying or hope kept dying. And, you know, I wasn't getting the outcome uh, that I was, you know, or my characters were dying or, you know, other various things. So
0: is, um, is super, Baldur's support. Gate a permadeath game? Can you set it up that I, way or no? You can, I did not.
1: Um, but I was in the, uh, such a state that I wasn't going to be able to easily get my characters back if they died. Mm-hmm. So I sort of needed to come through with, if not everyone alive, almost everyone alive and hope alive, or if, ho- uh, hope could like revive one or two people basically. Mm-hmm. um and so if i couldn't you know align all those conditions uh i
0: would be like all right i have to I have to do this again so did you know what what ending you wanted out of it is that why you keep saying like oh i didn't get any or were you just hoping well, for it's an like, outcome got, based on what your characters wanted
1: you know I, I get to the end and like only my main character is alive and it's like well this i'm not like <laughs> i don't want to have a near total party wipe and then it'd be a huge hassle to get everyone's stuff back right sure uh, and the game provides you ways to, like, resurrect your characters with for money or whatever if you don't have, you know, resurrection capabilities or whatever. But I had spent all my money attempting to get here, so I didn't really have a lot of, like, spare resources available uh, to resurrect my people. So it, nice. it was more of a, like, it's going to be a hassle for me to get them back. So I didn't want to have that hassle if I could avoid it.
0: Is the uh, fight yeah, just, randomized or was it one of those ones that no, um, no, it was pretty just kind of do the same thing every time? <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple
1: random elements in terms of like how things go off while you're talking with Raphael. You could certainly talk with him and there's like a persuasion check you can make to convince one admittedly big and annoying character to switch fight uh, to switch sides. Um I ended up never being able to pass that persuasion check. So, uh, I think like you had to roll a 30 on a 20-sided dice, so Ooh. um not, not an impossible thing to do in D&D. You stack the bonuses right or whatever, um, but I was never able to pull it off. Or if you just roll a 20, right? Uh, in D&D, 20 is an automatic, automatic success. Automatic pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I never was able to pull that off in my uh, time fighting. But, you know, and it also allows you to save mid-combat and stuff if you want to do that, right? Um, oh, but, man. Uh, and, <laughs> do, can, do you quick save or do, does it open up a menu for you? Uh, you you can do both, right? I'm playing okay. on the PC, so I have options. Um, you know, we I had a, use,
0: I used the quick save, but you could also
1: open it up and just create hard saves
0: wherever you want. We had a fun time discussion over here that maybe you guys should weigh in on. Uh, my spouse and I were playing uh Kingdom Hearts again. We finally got back to it after a, a needed break through the game and through the amount of time we had. And we were going into a fight that we had failed hard against Ursula. And if people have played Kingdom Hearts 1, they know what I mean. Uh, and I, there's two phases to the fight. And you can swim out of this tunnel and save in the middle of it if you wanted to. Instead of chasing her immediately. And so we go to save. And instead of overriding my previous save... I saved in the third slot down. Which prompted Mm -hmm. the question, why are you saving, why aren't you just overwriting the uh, uh, previous save? I understand your reasoning, right? If
1: you discover that, like, oh, this save has now trapped us in some really horrible way,
0: right? I think it's a vestige of our original gaming experiences, right? Like, you could definitely, with, like, Final fantasies in the past be like, "Oh oh, twenty hours ago, I didn't pick up that item, or twenty hours ago that person died, or what you know like, and I need them back, and or I need that back, or now I don't you know, I went into this fight and I won it, but I saved after, and now I don't have enough items to get through the next fight or enough m p or whatever you know um totally, the vestiges of our of our gaming careers were weighing on me. When I looked at the obvious question that she was asking, I was like, would anything change if I wasn't overriding the file? Probably not. But like muscle memory for me made me save it in a different slot. And I don't know if I was in the right or wrong just to be like, no, that's the way you do it in an RPG. And I just moved on.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I still, I still do that with the, with the trails games. I yeah. create separate saves for the beginning and end of each chapter. See, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because yeah. They're, they're story beats, right? And it's like, well, if I if I miss something big, I don't mind replaying through a chapter, right? Going right. back a chapter and and hitting something that I missed. but I don't want to start over. Like, who has the time for that?
1: I, I right. mean, at, well, playing Baldur's Gate, I probably made hundreds of saves. Hundreds right because you just hit and save right, every right. time and, and they're just like you know hundreds and hundreds of saves but in the in the trails games i'm a little closer to what michael is doing i'm not quite as meticulous as every chapter but definitely i, I have a few save slots and i kind of just
0: like you know whenever i think i did something important i just move to the next slot down right i'm pretty sure yeah. my most saved game is like BattleTech or something like that where i was saving like every other turn at a certain point in the game <laughs> yeah uh, I- Oh, the Witcher. I think the Witcher 3 I had a billion save files in, too. Yeah. Skyrim, you could, you know, ended up with a lot of there's a lot of moments in RPGs where you're like, I'm not sure if I am saving here permanently, right? Like, maybe I want to go back. Maybe there's a problem. I know for a fact that I needed times in dungeons in Zelda, like especially like Ocarina, where it was like, oh, I didn't grab this item before that door locked. This does bring up a really interesting discussion,
1: though. One thing I really like about what Baldur's Gate 3 has done here is they've adapted something that is popular in tabletop RPGs these days, which they call Failing Forward. Are you guys aware of what this is? Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's... Oh, go ahead, Michael.
2: I was going to say you're going to have to explain.
1: Okay. So it's this idea that in in a tabletop RPG, you kind of want even the failure states to move things forward right in some way right whether that's a instead of game and over. over right D is kind of bad example of this because it's really like kind of binary yes no on a lot of stuff um but larian in, in baldur's gate 3 and a lot of good dms if you play with them will help it so it's like I, okay i want to lock pick this door i fail but actually what you do is you know you spring a trap that alerts the guards and now you're in a in a in a fight and you're gonna you know that will progress whatever, you know, thing you're doing, right? Uh, Or, you know, well, yes, you weren't able to get through the door, but you do notice, you know, a panel on the side that you can open, and that leads to a secret passage that takes you somewhere else or something like that, right? These sort of other, other ways and other options to help get you to try different things and see other ways to solve all these problems is one of the cool things that exists in this game in that there's never just one way to do this. And like I told Andrew, you know, early on, like, it's very possible you never get to this place in the game because you don't have to fight Raphael. You don't have to try and double cross him. You could just not do this. You could just never enter the contract to begin with. You don't have to sign that contract. I picked the the option to sign it. You could just not do it. Right. And then would you ever end up here? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, there's so many different varied paths through the way this game goes that it's entirely possible and kind of wild that you could just never see large parts of it if you just happen to not, you know, wander over that way or pick those certain options.
0: That's very cool. Sure. Michael, would you like for me to go next?
2: Um yeah, you can go next. Would I can like, I can wrap it up. You want to end the year? All right. Sure. Mine's mine's kind of meta, so Oh no!
0: My, um i I promise I promise in 2024 to uh maybe pick a thing of the year that's less me, but maybe <laughs> not. uh If you've kind of heard my previous ones, uh, each thing has a reason, but it's usually something bigger than the thing. Um, I don't know about you wall. But, uh, Michael, maybe you more than JJ will relate to this. You start out uh, at the beginning of having a kid with baby brain. And you just can't remember anything. But also, the years of uh, alcohol and lack of sleep and overwork and stress and other things like that, I noticed in the last couple of years, my memory is not may maybe perfectly sharp like it used to be. I used to be able to remember lots of things all the time shows i could remember lines from most of them i could remember plots of movies i saw 5 years ago all sorts of stuff my my memory was tack sharp it's not bad now but it's not great uh i sent you guys something in the mail i don't i assume you both got it
2: yes i did yep. receive a package I think it's kind of a funny joke, but it's also something that I think
0: might help all of us. I sent them for the people that don't have one in front of them, the, a black, a little black book called the gaming backlog. And the first 20 or so pages are just pages of games I'm intending to play (laughs) with columns on where, where they are. And, and, uh, if you played them or not. I think I laughed at it initially when I saw it last year in 20 well 2022 end of the year I think I saw them and I didn't buy them right away and I thought it was kind of funny but it it gave me an idea of something that uh, I haven't started using mine by the yet by the way yet but I will Um, that I was going to do this year that I did do I stuck with it all year I started in January And I did this all year. It's gaming related. I promise. We'll get there. It's really cool to have lots of libraries. We have libraries of games, right? We have... I have a EA store account and I have a library of games there. I have a GOG library. Good old games. I have a Steam library of games. Hundreds of games probably sitting there between those. Not probably. Definitely. Sitting there between those accounts. I have... You know, PlayStations. I have retro games. I know this is true for all of you as well. Everyone listening as well as the two gentlemen here. Yeah. Yep. But we also have libraries we're not thinking about. You guys subscribe to Netflix. That's a library. You subscribe to HBO, maybe. That's a library. Paramount's now a library, right? Like, they have... You have a media deluge in your life... And remembering these things, the idea of priorities came into my, my mind about where I was spending my time and what I was watching and playing and doing. And while there's less time for us than there used to be, right? Like we were gamers, right? We're not. I can't sit on a game all day, go to class, and then come back and sit on the game the rest of the day and then do the homework in the last 20 minutes the next morning <laughs> when I wake up. <laughs> Too real. You know, uh, shout out to World of Warcraft. Uh, there's there's more time than you think, though, right? The kid does eventually go to bed and that realization that there's more time than you think. And there's even though there's less time prompted me to seeing this gaming backlog. Make a list. Twenty twenty three film, TV, games and books. My entire media entertainment diet for the last year i kept track of it everything i watched read played it's like already that's very impressive like yeah, just doing it, that part easy. is impressive it was taxing at first to remember to do it for the first two months january and february really got to me but then towards the end of the year i would forget to put stuff in and the next morning or something like that i would wake up and be like oh i forgot to add my list so if he really became a part of consuming media for me and i'm glad that i did it because it really showed me what where the weak spaces were in in my diet so to speak and i have more to say about making a list and all that but i read 35 books i watched 94 movies i watched 63 seasons of television and i played nine video games
2: impressive when you lay it out like that it is it yeah, is impressive say, that's but
0: i thought there was a little bit of a misnomer there when i said nine video games because are you only my counting nine, games you finished no i wasn't only counting games i finished right like i put kingdom hearts 1.5 hd remix in here i put dungeon encounters in here diablo 4 is in here uh, mario party mario kart pokemon arceus tetris 99 grindstone Lots of games. I probably missed one or two. I probably missed a couple movies. I probably missed a TV show, right? Like, there's a chance that I didn't perfectly make this list. But at the same time, it didn't feel complete until I thought about it two ways. The number is really helpful, but also hours are helpful, right? So, what is, you know, how many hours to read a book? I can't tell you. Each book's like, you know, some of these were books I read with the kids even. And so, those are, you know, like an hour or two. They're not even that long. But you know, if you add up 63 seasons of TV and you assume eight hours a season or so, that's like 500 hours of TV. If you assume two hours for each movie, that's like 180-something hours of of movies. But if you go to the games, I I looked at it and I was like, okay, maybe this is like 80-ish hours of games plus Octopath's 800 hours. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? So it really not just shows you like... Oh, I could have watched 10 less movies last year, probably, especially looking back through it. And you're like, did I really need to watch Red Notice? I don't even right. know what the, you I, didn't, didn't even, I no. don't even know. Remember, <laughs> I saw that movie. It was fine. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. it was. skippable. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Or like I rewatched Heat last year and I was like, that was OK, but I probably didn't need to rewatch it. I don't know. Heat's pretty good. Yeah, It is pretty good. But, you know. Anyway, you go through and you see a bunch of these things and you think, "Well, oh, what was my favorite movie last year? Okay, well, it's probably Oppenheimer. But I have this list I can go through and remember that I watched Licorice Pizza that everybody loved in 2022. And I thought it was terrible because I wrote down next to it, yuck, I hate this pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I watched Edge of Tomorrow for the third time last year and I said, I miss Bill Paxton. Things like that were are fun to look back on. <laughs> at the end of the year and like to look at octopath and say okay this year i want to see that number down right like they released a lot of content last year and it probably won't be a problem to play this game less time and play more games in that time but at the same time re-watching smoke and aces or watching hot tub time machine 2 could have probably been nixed (laughs) for a little bit more video game time or another book i was going to say i
1: worry what my version of that list would look like. I suspect it would be a lot less books, <laughs> more games,
0: but then also less movies.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, It's really, for me, the shocker was that I had watched. I went back and I was like, oh, my gosh, 2023 was the year I watched the entirety of Seinfeld. You know, mm. I didn't even and those remember, you know. You called them like eight hours a season. Those were twenty six episode seasons, right? So those were probably yeah, so closer 13 to thirteen hours. 14, 14, yeah, 14 hours. but then you you average it out with like Tales of the Jedi's on here, and that was like four hours of TV, probably. You know, um, yeah, it's true. I tried to try find a number that made some sense as an average. Um, I think what was most telling, what was kind of cool, is like, okay, I can. I like doing all these things. I can refocus my diet without feeling like I'm going to miss out. If I watched 94 movies last year, I could probably, or 63 seasons of TV, I could probably fit in more games and books if that's what I want, or those sorts of things. I am a person that uses uh, a daily planner sometimes, not like a a fancy one, but like a line sheet of paper to keep track of the things I want to do. And though I find that kind of thing useful, I think a system more like this and like that gaming backlog book where you can write down stuff that is more of a priority for you than just sort of thinking about it after the fact, it might be more valuable than we think. And I don't think anybody needs a fancy Trello board or pin, pin board or something like that, but just keeping track of things that for you are important. This was important for me, right? Like, I like to watch movies. How many of them am I actually watching in a year? Is it only 20? Do I need to find ways to tell people I need, to, you know, some time to go to the movie theater or am I fine? Well, it turns out I'm fine. And how many of those movies
1: were you doing other things during, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't count like in here. I, when I'm working sometimes on stuff when I don't need to concentrate on noise, I put on Stargate or something else that I've seen before. I didn't put that type of stuff in the list oh okay Um, gotcha you already selected that stuff out yeah 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 so like if i were to put on i i man i can't even yeah i mean like i put on tv basically sometimes that i've seen before tng tng is a good one (laughs) right that gets thrown on in the background a lot for me when it's something that i'm really not focusing on um because i just know it i know it in the back of my head it's like listening to music so um yeah i didn't count i didn't count that stuff but in the gaming backlog book i think that i bought and i thought you guys might enjoy at least looking at it. <laughs> you don't have to use i uh, opened
2: it up and got a good chuckle out of it yeah
0: i mean i could open i'm gonna do it right now i'll open my steam account right and by the time well by the time it opens i'm gonna fall asleep here uh by the time you hit the library button you know just the a's take up more screen than i can get through how, how do i remember what i wanted to do in the you know so uh prioritize your stuff and maybe just maybe keep track of the ideas you have and the things that you do i i really don't want to oversell but uh my thing of the year is reflection in a way, people do this with, with lots of different things, not just keeping track of media, but like people do this for dieting, right? They do it for... I know some um, people
1: that keep track of their sleep,
0: like how... Yeah, keep track of their mm-hmm. sleep. How much mm-hmm. sleep
1: they're getting or whatever.
0: Yeah. It's almost a different version of like journaling in a way. I can look back on this list now for the next couple of years and remember if I've already seen something or... If someone says, did I see it? A lot of these have notes next to them. And I can be like, well, my memory is not as good as it used to be, but I did watch that Tetris movie and I don't think you should. Noted. (laughs) Uh, I I did want to mention
1: about Steam specifically there. Steam has the ability for you to sort that library and create categories. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can float those categories up above just the organized list. So you can like float a category up to the top. That's like games. I want to play and anything you want to play, stick it in there. This doesn't help you if you're going to have like 500 games in there, (laughs) but you know, you'd be like, you know, next on deck or whatever, and just put it up there. And so that you go, Oh, I finished this last one. I'm ready for the next thing. What's the next one, you know, or something like that.
0: Last batter up and next on deck.
2: I'm glad Andy that, that you went first because your, your thing and my thing, Are basically the the biceps meme, and the clasped hands in the middle is the old gamer's aesthetic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now I I don't know how that works. So my my thing is related. The thing I want to talk about is related to the obvious one thing for me. Um and the the one thing for me from this past year is is clearly going to be becoming a dad right you know i was looking back on how that impacted my year um and how i have like consumed media be that tv or books or video games and looking back for me you know i realized um that the first one was kind of in part through through a little stubbornness on my part but I only read one book of my of my own list last year and I only saw one movie in a theater. I only spent time playing two games all year long, you know, when I when I found time to play them. And this is, you know, it's not just it's not just being a dad that causes this. It's any major shift in your life, right? Your priorities change a little bit and you have to relearn how things fit into your your new reality compared to the things that you had time for, uh, before the change. And so I think for me, my one thing is picking one thing, right? And I, what I mean by that is if you know, you have limited time to choose a movie to watch or to choose a game to play, try approaching it as if this is the one that you get this year right rather than rather than just sort of like throwing throwing darts at a wall and seeing what hits if you don't have a ton of time to spend on something maybe be a little more selective about what it is you pick right and treat it as if you know, if I only get to read one book this year, what book do I really want to read? Right? Like, what book have I been excited about, or have I heard good things about? And I would be okay if this was the book that I read this year.
0: That is and totally I think a biceps it, meme.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think it. I think it makes you. It makes you a little more thoughtful in your choices to approach it that way. And I think that having, you know, limited time and limited resources, you're going to get more enjoyment from the things that you pick approaching it that way.
0: I think there's a follow-up to to you um, that maybe JJ actually can weigh on because he just, he just experienced going back and doing this thing. Um, there's a follow-up to the state that you are in right now. And the state that you're in right now is... It's difficult on your enjoyment of your priorities, and sometimes things fall off because that's how life is. Um, you know, I, I used to go motorcycle riding, I used to go snowboarding, I used to uh, see people on the weekends all the time. I used to <laughs> till 2 a.m playing video games. you know like <laughs> you can come up with an immense list of things, and a lot of them do fall off right? They start to fall off it and prioritizing doesn't always come from a state of what you love most. And that's a really good piece of advice. I think to pick one, if you are picking one thing, make sure that it's something you're going to cherish because you know, the, the, there there will be things that you just don't have control of that, that you can't keep up with anymore. And I think, I would I would advise you people in Michael's position. <laughs> keep track of the things that you miss when the feeling hits you that you miss them. Don't give in to the immediate nostalgia thing that has been, what, 2019 through 2022 of, like, I don't know if you follow lots of people on the internet like I do, but... Uh, <laughs> Pokemon cards, you guys. <laughs> Tell me I, that's not nostalgia. My eyes have rolled back into my head and have done three loops
1: as you brought
2: that up. <laughs> that, that poor museum.
0: I see those cards everywhere on the internet. <laughs> the nostalgia-fueled economy of stuff like that. I fell into it, and that was the 2022 thing that we talked about earlier, thing of the year. But there will be things that come back around to you that you'll be like, I really miss this. Here's an example. Kids around here have started to get old enough that we can go to and enjoy the snow with them. Going to the snow with an infant is uh, difficult because of the yeah. needing to keep them warm so they don't freeze. And they don't enjoy it very much being cold or, you know, <laughs> snow. If you want to train
1: those kids to become championship skiers and snowboarders, four is the correct age. Begin teaching them to fall and, like, you know, carve those
0: slopes. It's funny you should mention earlier. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that, JJ. My 2024 film, TV, book game list, there's one TV show on it so far Sean White, The Last Ride, the four episode documentary from HBO. And it actually. It actually ties in exactly to the story I was about to tell you, which is have enjoyed going to the snow with my kids. I've enjoyed snowboarding in the last two years, which I've actually gotten to do again, but only once a year. I watched that documentary the other night and I realized not for the sake of nostalgia, but for the sake of how much joy I used to feel doing something that I missed snowboarding i missed it more than i thought i did even though the last two years we've done it the taste of doing it in the last two years with the kids and the idea that sean white learned because his parents just started taking him right something that i miss doing that i haven't been able to do because of the just the facts of life not because oh it's my kid's fault but because That is reality and you just have to live with it. Keeping track of the things that you really miss the opportunities to do them more will come back around to you if you prioritize them. Maybe you can't do them this year and maybe you do need to say, okay, I'm only going to get one or two movies in the theater. But when those kids are older, you know, it was important to you to go to the movies and have your movie pass and do that. And they will eventually be old enough to participate And you can make that one of those things that you keep track of and say, I didn't do that enough in my media list for the year or in my, you know, maybe you're an outdoorsy person. You listen to this podcast while you're snowboarding or hiking or skiing or watch out for that tree and put that on your, your things that you did or didn't do that you really want to get back to. And, and JJ, I I just, I know you just did this. You just went skiing as well, right? Like, yeah, now that
1: it was it was super now that fun
0: you've to go had back. A, yeah. yeah, I mean, and and your spouse is participating with you now, right? Like, yeah,
1: to, you know, to a small degree. But you know, we had a great time, and we didn't do a ton of it, right? We went back. We did one thing, like, one day on the slopes. Yeah. yeah, and we had a good time. No one got hurt or injured, which was a concern, you know. Um, and then we did other stuff because it turns out, like, if you go to the mountains, like, skiing isn't the only fun winter related activity you can get up to right you guys curling is awesome <laughs> you guys should do curling it's How? sweet i find a curling I club i know there's one in irvine so it's actually no. easy for you personally was yes, i literally just
0: about to say i don't think there's enough ice around here
1: wrong <laughs> they rent out hockey rinks um you know we went to one in a hockey rink in Park City, that's where we were, and we did the Park City Curling Club, learned to curl thing. It was like $75 a person, which mostly is t- for them to pay to rent the hockey rink and like keep it cold for a few hours, right? Um, but it was a, a blast, you guys. It was so fun. It's just like you're walking around on the ice just in normal tennis shoes and like you know, athletic clothes because they got to stretch because you're going to run and slide and stuff. What do they do mm-hmm. to keep you
0: on the ice in your tennis shoes? You just walk, man. Like, normal tennis shoes are good. I mean, they have, like, ice shoes for that. Yeah, but you you want to be in normal tennis shoes so that you can... Do not email me and say that ice shoes are called (laughs) skates. I mean ice shoes.
1: Yeah, they tell you, like, hey, bring shoes with, like, a rubber, a flat rubber sole. That's what they Mm. tell you. It's like Converse. Yeah, yeah, those would actually be very good. Because you also, at some point, don't want to walk, right? You want to be sliding, Oh. a slide move right,
2: right. To, oh. to,
1: to throw it Push yeah stone throw the it, stone it, yes and there's a little like uh, a little piece of teflon they can put down that you can step on called the slide uh which you know facilitates that um but it is it is a it, it is family friendly although kids may need to be a little older those stones are big and heavy <laughs> i'll first <laughs> tell you um you don't you're never really lifting them so it's not really a problem but you you need some force to slide them um when you're first learning. And, then once you get good, it turns out that it's actually completely all finesse
0: and you don't need force at all. Um, my, but obviously my grandparents us used to have a shuffleboard court in their backyard, and it reminds me of this type of thing. This game is shuffleboard on ice, 100%. That's what it is. It is so fun, though. Like, super <laughs> cool.
1: The rules are not that hard to learn. Like, once you kind of get the, like, motions needed in your body to, like, you know, contort yourself in this weird way to, like, stretch out and slide the thing down the thing, it was so fun. And, like you know, we, we played a game our first time when we like, you know, we are, they put a team together of, you know, two and two and two and two and and so four on four and we had a great time and it was super cool. And I'm sure it is like super cheesy and, you know, again, kids might need to be a little older before you can get around to it because again, it does require some finesse and force and the things are very heavy. Um, But it is fun, like really, really fun. Like just like playing basketball, the game, the game of basketball is fun. The game of curling is fun. It never would have been anything I would have ever investigated or thought about doing. But we were in a place where it's cold and it's like, oh, well,
0: I got to have curling here. We should do that, right? <laughs> there you go. And we did. It was rad. Try new things. Make your one thing something interesting and new. Oh, it was a year of introspection, you guys. Yeah. We did not do the I-386 proud. The i 83 What? What? What am I trying to say? We didn't have an x86 year. It sounds like. No, I mean, this seems like it was
1: a lot of like really cool moments and good stuff for everybody. So, and I think you know, we didn't talk. You know, we talked about games, not as much about like. What was you know, your we don't second do a top game, 10 Michael? List or whatever.
2: What was my what? You said you played two games last year: Octopath and what? <laughs> oh no, I wasn't even counting that. I was, I was oh thinking, like, console style. Ah, um, gotcha. It was. nah. Uh, uh, Super Mario Wonder was one of them, and um, uh, Trails from Zero.
0: I guess maybe I should leave Octopath off the list, but it's just such a huge part. No, I think you absolutely need to keep it on the list. For That's that. kind of the point of the list, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down the starting hours for this year, so we'll know exactly how many times I fell asleep. Well, I don't think I can call this episode Failing Forward because I really feel like all three of us are looking forward to an amazing 2024, even though I love the idea of that title. I also noticed the one year that I didn't name it, Things of the Year, it was very hard to find on our website. so (laughs) Maybe for help your
2: future self out.
1: Yeah. You can subtitle it, you know, Things of the Year 2024 Dash.
2: Not Failing Forward.
0: Not Failing Forward. Yeah. There you go. Well, in this new year, your resolution is to email us, right, JJ?
1: Yeah, folks can send us their emails, and that's a great resolution. Also, 1920 by 1080, that's a great resolution. Uh, I, send know, those to podcast at we com. Podcast at we com that's the email address. We are listening to you. And, like, we're on social media. Check us out on there. Um, we're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash at we uh to find this fine audio visual product.
0: I wouldn't mind if I had 4K, 7680 by 4320, but 1920 by 1080 is such an easier number to remember and say. Yeah, I mean, like, you could, you know, do the, what's
1: the one, 2560 by 1440 that's a pretty good resolution also
0: well I mean that's my monitor resolution I love it but you know black bands and all that It do be how it is